Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Dr. Andrew DeMio for the second time. And uh, today, we're going to try something new. Uh, I'm, I've been in the midst of reworking the podcast flow. Uh, and, and so, we're going to be doing a storyline type of podcast for you. We're going to be doing this in the new Occam's Rocket 2.0. And so, uh, let me just give you a reintroduction to Andrew. He is an innovation and design coach at Trig. If you haven't heard his episode, his first episode, uh, it's episode 217. Uh, go ahead and look him up at outcomesrocket.health if you want to hear that one where we talked about medical device design and innovation. But he's an industrial design firm uh, 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 specialist. Uh, he is focused on consumer insights, design, and branding for medical, durable, and consumer products. His uh, design background started in New York City, Motion Pictures, before transitioning into his 20 years in health and medical innovation. It, you know, the cool thing about that is that as we were chatting about the podcast this morning, uh, the, the whole storyline that we're going to be employing on the Occam's Rocket was such a natural thing. And so, and so I'm excited to, uh, to get uh, the story going here today. We're using a storyline brand uh, uh, to, to sort of do what we're going to do today. So with that, I want to open it up to, to Andrew again. Uh, give us a little uh, intro, maybe things that you want to level set with the listeners today that maybe haven't heard from you before. Right. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me back, Saul. Uh, and this is fun. You know, we're doing this total improv and uh, it's going to be an interesting journey and I'm looking forward to taking it. And uh, and so we get to start off with the character. I get to be the character of a story. That's right. And, uh, you know, I want to start off with what inspires me to do work in the medical device industry, you know, and and honestly, I didn't think about it until around 2013, I think it was, uh, I went to, I was invited to Ted Minute to be part of the Hive. Yeah. And I, I had a startup company called Novacore Medical Systems. And we got to, to take the startup company there. And they asked us to come up with a six word mission statement that needed to be put on our badges. You know, and I took this seriously. I said, okay, you know, if I'm going to come up with a mission statement, let's do this thing. And I went through uh, some levels of abstraction to try to figure out, you know, what is a, what is a real meaningful mission for me? And uh, came up with uh, health and happiness for all mankind. Uh, I hope that's six words. <laughs> uh, health and, I, I'm not going to, anyway, it's close to it. <laughs> it's close to it. Health and happiness seven. for all mankind. And, and um, you know, I try to do yoga every morning oh, and nice. that's my dedication, health and happiness for all mankind. And, you know, whether it was uh, like my that. time as a college professor, which I was for 12 years at NC State and UNC here in North Carolina, um, the work that I do here um, with Trig or back in my motion picture days, you know, I think at the end of the day, caring about mankind and, and everyone's health and happiness has been my ultimate driver day in and day out. Love that. So as you, as you stro have, you know, as you strive for health and happiness for all of mankind, what would you say have been some of your biggest problems? 
Yeah, you know, and I want to talk about a specific area of medical device product development as a problem that sure. I've seen over and over again. You know, there's some there's some topics like the triple aim, um, reducing the cost of care, improving health outcomes, improving the clinical experience. You know, this is a this is an external factor that's hitting all medical device companies and startups. Um, human factors engineering is being looked at a lot more. Um, there's, there's a big focus on reducing risks and hazards. Um, and and there's, a, there's been a lot of talk lately, and this is one that I'm really excited about as, as to the iterative approach of product development versus a, a fairly old archaic stage gate model that came about through the FDA's uh, design controls and their guidance guidance document on design controls. And, uh, and looking at all those factors, um, this is something that's been intriguing for a long time. And, and there's this story, especially of a startup company, um, and I've been involved with a lot of startups, where they they catch some lightning in a bottle and they start to make progress and they've got a real good solution for a real unmet need. And they get to this point where, hey, you know, we need to have a regulatory consultant come in and we need to start thinking about our regulatory pathway to commercialization. And the first thing that consultant will ask is, you know, where is your design history file? Where you know, where, where are your user needs? You know, where have you reduced risk over the course of developing this thing? And, and oftentimes they just don't have it. And the cost of building that is, is immense. Yeah. Um, and so this is just something that I've observed for years. And, uh, and even as a professional in the medical device industry myself, we might be very well aware of design controls there's this pain point of turning it on, you know, like I just want to be open and creative and not have to be uh, constrained by the box of regulation while doing design. Um, so I'm sort of delaying this, these design controls as long as I can, but at the same time losing that history of what went into it, you know, and, and so this is just something that I've seen for a long time and, and, I've been focusing on for the past year, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you more about that today. So it's the it's the design controls, and and it's tough, right? Because on the one hand, we're in a very regulated industry. On the other hand, you wanna this iterative, uh, you know, way of getting things done without having to do all of the documentation. So, but then you lose history. So mm -hmm. you're just kind of in this like place where. It, you know, it's difficult. And so right. every, every, every designer wants to create great products. Every, every company paying for product design wants to have amazing products that, you know, benefit patients and, 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 uh, and help, uh, you know, clinicians, uh, do their job. What would you say, uh, during, during the process that you've had and the things that you've learned, who did you meet that helped you figure it out or who did you uh, share ideas with that, that helped you, you know, come up with the process that works? Yeah. You know, it's been, uh, I feel 
lucky, blessed, uh, however you want to describe it, to be on a journey that's exposed me to to first living it, you know, studying biomedical engineering, going and working as a design engineer for a large medical device company and just being thrown into design controls and saying, okay, well, you know, this, this was my first moment of, you know, building some empathy of what it is to be a design engineer working within these constraints. Um, then moving on to being a college professor and teaching it. And, you know, if you, if you assign the students to read the guidance document on design controls enough times, you yourself start to build an appreciation of it that's well beyond the uh, cursory read, mm. um, or well beyond looking at the, the famed waterfall diagram and uh and i'm thinking maybe most listeners might know what the waterfall is and if you don't i encourage you to to look at it um, but don't let it get locked in there um but there was some there was some groups that i interacted with along the way i mean i i got the opportunity in in the days that i was teaching biomedical engineering design it was it was like the heyday of of teaching design and biomedical engineering. And there was a group that came together that included thought leaders from places like Stanford and Johns Hopkins, um, Georgia Tech, you know, et cetera. And we all discussed the, the challenges that we faced in teaching biomedical design. And being around those thought leaders, you know, certainly impacted all of the ingredients that went into this design history file ready ideation, which, which is a preview of where I'm going. Um, but then it was the Wallace Coulter Foundation. I don't know if you're familiar with, with Wallace Coulter. Um, he's, he was an, the inventor of the, the Coulter counter, hmm. uh, started the company um, uh, that became Beckman Coulter, the Coulter Corporation yeah. became Beckman Coulter. And then when he passed away, he left his entire fortune to a foundation called the Wallace H. Coulter Foundation. Cool. And that foundation provided grants to biomedical engineering professors that would work with medical doctors. And they set up some schools around the country. There's what's called Coulter schools. So places like Duke, Georgia Tech, Drexel, uh, just as a few examples are, are some of the Coulter schools. Uh, that have big grants from the foundation. And uh, I, in sort of this lightning strike of opportunity, um, I was asked by the Coulter Foundation to help form a new, we called it Coulter College, a new training program, boot camp, two and a half day workshop where students would be indoctrinated into the Coulter commercialization process, um, as well as the you know, needs-driven design um, that goes into medical device product development. And, and being part of that culture team and all of the amazing experts that were pulled into teaching culture college uh, just opened my eyes to the, all of the many facets that go into it. You know, as myself, as a design engineer, I wasn't necessarily thinking about all of the market side things, you know, the market size, the regulatory pathway to approval, the intellectual property, um, all of the medical economics. There's just, there's many complex pieces that go into it. Um, 
And it goes on from there. You know, there's other experiences being an entrepreneur myself and starting a couple of medical device companies, um, living that, having to raise money from venture capitalists. I mean, you know, it's one thing as an academic to try to get a paper, you know, submitted through peer review. It's another thing to sit in front of a bunch of venture capitalists who are deciding whether or not they want to hand you a couple of million dollars. Yeah, um, that's a whole nother level, you <laughs> know, <a> big difference. <laughs> so it's 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 really like a lifetime of experiences that uh, that brought me to to this particular moment. Fascinating. And and you know, it, it's neat to to talk to to somebody like you, uh, Andrew, where you know you've had such a rich history of, you know, diving diving deep into and becoming a student of what you do. You know, you got your PhD in in uh, in design and biomedical engineering. You've 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 done incredible work across the the landscape at you know med device startups and professor. And, and we don't do it alone, right? We always, we always find that guy that sort of helps give us some direction for the, for the, for the leaders listening today. What, what would you say is, is a summary of the plan that's, that's helped you be successful? Yeah, well, it all comes together right now in, in something that I'm calling design history file radiation. Um, if, so, if so let's, back. let's park there for a second, because okay. I know, I know that you, you do this every single day. <laughs> and so, right. and so what I want to do is, is myself understand it better and the listeners to really capture the value of what you just said. So design okay. history file ideation. Ready. Design history file. Ready. Ideation. Ideation. So, so tell us a little bit more about that. Break that down for us. Well, let's just first get on that ready part. You know, okay. if if, uh, if you remember, if you can recall back to uh, HDTV ready, you know, I don't yeah. know if you could remember those days, but yeah, you'd buy sure. this TV before there was a signal, <laughs> but yep. the TV was ready, right? And so believe it or not, the ready part is, is inspired from that, but it's, it, it's this, concept oh, okay. of, <laughs> of <working>. so you're <laughs> ahead of your time right now again, yeah, yeah. again. <laughs> uh, well we i want everyone to be ahead of their time where sort of that time is design controls okay and there's this pain point of turning on design controls and and what i want you to do is i want you to be ready for that day hmm. Um, and whether you're a startup company that's never heard of design controls or you're an experienced medical device design professional that's been doing it forever and you just, you just are pushing away that known pain point, um, I wanted to provide a set of tools that would allow, allow you to be creative and iterative and think outside the box and open and free form, but at the same time, build those building blocks of design history file hmm. and capture that history so that the day that you turn that key, the day that the regulatory consultant comes in and says, okay, you know, we need to implement a quality system. 
we need to implement design controls, you have something that you can say, well, take a look at this. And, and, and it's like a gold mine. They look at it and say, holy cow, you know, what, this is unbelievable. I can't believe yeah. you've, you've put this together. So that's, that's the inspiration, you yes. know, and then, and, and then I can certainly dive deep into, into I love it. it. No, I love it. Right. You, you, you've sort of painted for us. This is, this is what the plan will get you. You know, like unlike the majority and the reason why the regulatory person is surprised <laughs> is that this is not the usual, right? And and you've put together a plan to help people get there, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Tell us about it. So, um, so last year when we talked, I was just putting out something called the diligence dashboard. Yep. I made a little yeah. note on that. I uh, remember I was going to ask you. Because you were at the beginning of the diligence dashboard a year ago. Right. Yeah. We had just launched this as, as a way to uh, holistically look at the, the business risks of any medical device. And so this is the technology risk, the market risk, the intellectual property risk, um, the, the regulatory pathway and reimbursement and other medical economics. And can you look at this holistically? Mm -hmm. um, and, and what the example that I used, if, if you're not familiar with, with uh, something called Business Model Canvas by Alex Osterwalder, um, at, at the end of the day, what the Business Model Canvas is and what the genius of the Business Model Canvas is, is it's a, a way to graphically look at a business model, you know, rather than a piece of paper that's got a bulleted list that right. you're trying to fill out, it's a whiteboard. Hmm. And, you know, it's large format paper. Um, it could be a chalkboard. Uh, it could be using a, a, a digital whiteboard tool like Mural or, or Battery. Um, but you're looking at the business model and, and you can see how pieces work together. Um, and the view just changes how you look at a business model. And it's, it's just genius. Yeah. Um, and I like that idea, by the way, because, <clears throat> you know, rather than being linear or sequential, everything is laid out and mm -hmm. you're able to make connections that otherwise maybe you would not have. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like that idea. And, and so imagine the, the diligence dashboard, those factors that I talked about um, in this holistic view, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you might have some really cool technology. Let's say it's some new coding for an implant to uh, minimize uh, revision surgeries, say in a, a hip implant. You know, so you got this new coding. Yeah. Well, you know, if you look across your technology risk and your market size, et cetera, um, what is the, what, what happens if you're a coding company versus you're a hip implant company? Just that one change in how you look at the business changes that whole landscape. Everything. Um, and, and so this, this canvas view of diligence was the beginning of design history file ready ideation. What happened since we last spoke is 
the other the other three pieces it, it becomes a four canvas tool that all works uh, harmoniously together okay and uh, i'm going to try to help you visualize this in your mind or the listeners visualize this in your mind so you know first you're you're visualizing a canvas you know large format paper or a whiteboard and the top left whiteboard has your diligence dashboard on it those factors we talked about um, then there's a board on the top right and on the top right i call it the waterfall canvas okay and i'll get to it then there's a board on the bottom left and this is around human factors engineering and then there's a board on the bottom right and this is around risks and hazards. Hmm. So you can draw on a piece of paper four four boxes and a grid. Yeah, like and, a quadrant. And lay that out, right? Yeah. And and so I can take you through each one. The uh, the waterfall canvas is it's another way of looking at the FDA's waterfall diagram. You know, if you've looked at that guidance document uh, closely enough. There's a couple of nuances. One is the FDA says this is an example. It's not like V1. Um, and it's used to demonstrate how uh, inputs relate to outputs and how user needs relate to the medical device and how you verify and validate those things um, from a visual perspective. And it's a, it's a great diagram. Underneath it, there's some fine print that says, you know, in practice, this is going to be iterative. Well, in practice, what has happened over the past 20 years is people have taken that diagram and it's turned into a piece of paper, which is a stage gate. When in written standard operating procedure form, it just becomes a stage gate of user needs to inputs to outputs to medical device. Um, when you transform that to this canvas, it becomes something that you can look at all at once and realize that it can be iterative, that you can go around many, many times. And as you go through the design process, it informs new inputs, which informs new outputs. It informs new user needs, uh, which informs what the device might be someday. So, and, so uh, Andrew, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll pause here and just say, <clears throat> folks, if you're listening to this and you're a designer, and you know what Andrew's talking about, or maybe somebody on your team is doing the designing in medical device. The tragic result is that people can fall into the trap of this is the way it goes. This is the process. But the beautiful sunrise and opportunity here is that Andrew is, is giving us all a new way of looking at it. And I don't want that to be lost. Um, so I'll let you keep, 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 uh, uh, chatting to us about this, but I want to make sure to highlight that. And would you agree or disagree with what I just said? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, that's it's, the insight. Yeah. It's like the genius of the business model canvas. It's right. not like it's a whole new business model. Right. Right. It's literally just looking at it a different way. And it's giving you permission, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could, you don't have to, right. The, there's fine print that you just kind of magnified. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, the the FDA honestly is not forcing you to follow the the, the waterfall. Right. They're they're just using it as an example, um, and that in in and of itself can be mind blowing. You know, like 
we can implement whatever process we want, just so long as we document what that process is. What, what happened to you, Andrew, when you, when you made this realization? What, what, what happened to you? I mean, it, for me, it allowed me to see the, the beauty of the example. I mean, the, the example given within the guidance document is indeed a, a beautiful one that highlights some key necessary items to ensure safety and effectiveness of devices during design. Um, it just opened my eyes to how pervasive a little tiny thing can be. And, and that little tiny thing being just a picture that gets transformed to a standard operating procedure within a company. Um, and to know that, to know that I was hired in 2000, whatever, something, one maybe, to go work at a medical device company and be indoctrinated into this stage gate hmm. and, and be blinded to this other view. Yeah. You, it, was a, it was like an awakening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's so cool, man. And, and, you know, we, we, we could often get blinded and, and that does result in really, you know, lack of satisfaction. And, you know, that, that, that picture you painted for us at the very beginning of our talk here, you know, this, this space where you, you were just like constricted by these guidelines and wanting to create and just this tug, this tug and, and this lack of satisfaction to now, wow, a pathway. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so Andrew, I know that there's three other pieces, but you know, really like the time is, is we're running out of time. So, <laughs> right. but what I would like to do is, you know, why, why do you think the listeners that are interested in going above and beyond just like average in their design, why should they take action on this and where can they find out more? Sure. Um, so why it goes back to the mission, improve health and happiness for all mankind. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all on the same mission together, you know, and this is what Outcomes Rocket is all about, if, if I'm understanding right, you know? Yes. And, and to me, the diligence dashboard, um, it, it should improve the outcomes. I mean, for you, for the startup company that's never heard of design controls, I want I want you to be ready for the day that regulatory consultant comes in. I don't want that to kill your company. I want your company to succeed and get over that hurdle. For the professionals working in medical device companies, I want the joy of your daily work to increase. I want you to go to work happy, knowing, hey, you know, we can do iterative design and it's totally allowed and we can rethink how we do our jobs and make it more blue sky and more fun while meeting the requirements of design controls. You know I mean? So it's, it's about making people happy in their jobs, mm -hmm. improving health. Um, I love it. That's why. <laughs> it's a big reason. <laughs> it's a wonderful reason and uh, really cool. And, uh, you know, 20 years of doing this. Wow. 
you know, th- there really is, you know, an opportunity here for folks to, maybe you're five years into it. You don't have to wait 20 years. And uh, there's an opportunity for you to take advantage of the insights that Dr. Andrew DeMio has, uh, has uncovered. Where can they find out more? And maybe simply, and, and of course, you guys uh, listening, uh, you know, we, we impromptu this format today, and hopefully you're enjoying this. <laughs> I'm having fun with it. How about you, Andrew? Yeah, this has been, uh, it's been nice free flow. Didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, and you're good at it. You're a great guy to, to start this with. Uh, so I thank you for that. And, um, you know, so, so maybe you have a place where people can go and if not, let's just send them to your podcast page on the outcomes rocket where we could put something on there for them if they want to learn more. Yeah. Uh, if you go to trig.com, so it's T R I G dot com uh, right on the home page if you scroll down a little bit there'll there'll be a link to uh, design history file ready ideation nice so you and, have it on there already. yeah it's it's cool. right on there and it's a this is a free resource by the way uh, there's Man. it's for the price tag of your name and your email address um, and I may even follow up with you but, but <laughs> it's, it's a free resource and, and what happens is if you uh, if you fill out a form you get a 20 page guidebook that you can read and implement implement it in your classrooms imp- implement it in your businesses um, and and you know a year ago I had the top left canvas, um, in version 1.0. Today there's four canvases and it's version 3.0. Tell me what you don't like about it. Send me some notes and say, hey, you know, this is cool, but these things don't work, or this is what I love about it. Because I hope if it's August of 2020 and I'm back on Outcomes Rocket, yep. we can be talking about like, hey, what's new in the world of design history file ready ideation? This thing shouldn't be a static thing. It, it should grow with the times. I love it. I love it. It's a great invitation for everybody listening that wants to take a look and uh, dive deeper into this. There's no, there's no reason to uh, stay behind. You know, Andrew's opened up his book and uh, is inviting you to check it out, trig.com. If you want to learn, scroll down, you'll find it there. There's a link. And with that, Andrew, just, uh, man, I just want to say thank you again for, for spending time with us. And thanks for, uh, for helping me try out this new model. It's been uh, really fun. And thanks again for having me back. <laughs>